Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the Real Positive Girl Podcast with me, Sabrina. This is the show that's going to help you become your best self and today we are talking about the best ways to help others with their mental health. But before we jump into that, just a reminder, please come chat with me on Instagram. You can find me at Sabrina Joy Perozo. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to communicate with you and just you know, uh, just ask questions, figure out what's going on. If you want to have a real conversation though, you can follow me on Clubhouse, which is at Sabrina J. Perozo. I'd love to have a real like audio conversation with you over there, or feel free to send me an old fashioned email to realpositivegirlpodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, prayer requests, feedback, topics, suggestions, or just to say, Hey, hi, and hello tummy but let's get into it so today we are talking about the best ways to help others with their mental health so i know i talk a whole lot about how we can work on ourselves and how to be there to better our own mental health right um but i think it would be also helpful to know ways that we can help others with their mental health because yes it's so important to fill your own cup first put your oxygen mask on first before you help someone else yes do make sure that you are in a space in a mindset um that you can that you are able to help someone else that you aren't completely falling apart or you feel like you aren't getting the support you need because even you can be so 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 generous with your time with your love and your care and your support and your focus and your attention. But again, you can only serve people as best as you have served yourself. And so you might miss out on being able to help someone in the very, very best way by not taking the time to, you know, put your own mental health first. So I really, really super encourage you to Spend time on your and spend time on your own mental health first, and then consider helping and being there for someone else. You know, because whether people acknowledge it or not, everyone appreciates the help that others offer. I truly believe this. And maybe you're still in a state of mind of where you are not ready to to like accept someone else's help. But I do think that deep down, you do appreciate that people are asking you if they can help. You know, your help may not be met with open arms, but it's still the right thing to do. It's still really, really helpful and appreciated. Um, So preparing yourself with different ways to be there for others is so important because it shows you care and are willing to be there for them, whether they want it or not. And again, just so you know, I'm not saying that we have to pressure people, (laughs) be like, I have to help you. You have to take my help that's what's happening right now. No, that's not what's happening. It's more of like just being there in a non-annoying way because I would just, if you are afraid that you're going to be annoying, I want you to reflect on when someone has done this to you. Now, this might be difficult if you do not feel that someone has done this to you, but maybe think of it in a different light where someone has offered their help, maybe not necessarily in relation to mental health, but in anything where someone's offered you help and think of the best experience that you have with that and try to model that because I understand we all don't want to bother people. We don't want to annoy them. We don't want to like ruin relationships because we decided to reach out and offer help and do something that we believe will be beneficial to them, but they may not yet be at that state of mind. And that's okay. Um, So just kind of really like think about, okay, how's the best way I can deliver this help without bothering them too much, but still finding that balance of letting them know that you care, that you are there. So yeah, just 
You got to like prepare yourself with different ways to be there for others. Um, and you want to show them that you care. So there have been many people in my life that have offered to help me with some mental health issues I have run into. And for a long time, I would always tell them no. And that I got this, you know, I'd be like, I got this. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but a lot of times this wasn't true. And I'm sure that this is the same for other people, people that are afraid to let their guard down and be vulnerable, or they have trust issues. I had all these things. Um, or if you do feel like you truly, like you feel like you have it all handled, but it's also like a pride issue and you feel like you have to, you know, take care of it all. Or if you don't feel like you can actually share because someone has told you not to share or it's shameful or all these different beliefs and um, opinions that are filling your mind and really clouding you from making the best decision for you based on what you want and not what other people want. Um, but yeah, it just, you just get so caught up in that. And so that could definitely be the same for these people that you are offering help. But yeah, so I would always say no. Um, and I really appreciated those same people and others continually come to me and offer to help me because it was this, uh, people continuously coming to offer help that, um, drove me to finally ask for help with things that were really outside of my control. And it was just like, wow, okay, I finally need to actually like trust that someone does want to help me, even though, and for me personally, and this might resonate with someone else, which is why I'm going to share it. I did ask for help in the beginning. I was in college and, uh, some of you might know this if you listen to the episode where I shared my story of self-harm, but I, in college, I knew I had a problem and I went and sought out someone that I thought that I could trust and that was, has acted like she would be there for me. And she really wasn't. And it really kind of, and I was going through a serious thing and I was cutting myself on the regular. And I went to her and I asked for her help and she kind of just acted like it was not a big deal and, and turned me away. And, you know, we were still friends after that, but it was very uncomfortable. And it was tough for me to reach out and get help from anyone else because I had already been kind of rejected in a way I've seen. So understand that people go through all kinds of crap and that's why they don't want to accept help at first, but continuing to be there for them, it can really help it them change their minds about that and turn it around and accept the help that they actually truly need, but they don't understand that they need it. But plus, as I've spoken about before, we can't force anyone to change their lives or do anything different, even if they know it'll be better. Or even if you for sure know it'll be better, you have to wait for them to make those changes because by forcing them to change when they're not ready, those changes are not going to stick. Nothing's actually going to change long-term for it to actually benefit their whole entire life. Um, and so, you know, I do appreciate those people that continue to come back or even new people that would pop into my life offering to help. And, you know, I know we shouldn't go around expecting that type of behavior because, some people will take you at your word and just stop asking. Totally fine. But it's wonderful when others and new people do continue to put that offer out there. It really is. And you can be that person too that is offering to help others and possibly, you know, be there when they finally do accept it. And I'm not saying that you have to stick around and be there when they finally accept it, but it would be awesome if you were, um, or that it worked out that way, right? And it was meant to be if it did. So today, that's why I want to chat about some great ways for you to help others 
with their mental health. So you can be a benefit to them if they allow you to help them. So again, there's that balance. So I do have seven suggestions that could be really great ways to help others with their mental health. The first one is to practice active listening and give accepted hugs. Accepted. Why did I say accepted? So weird. Give accepted hugs. So I talk about practicing active listening often. I always say you need to listen to understand, not listen to respond, which means that when someone else is speaking, you need to be listening to actually understand what they're saying, really take it all in, stay focused, not necessarily halfway listening to what they're saying, but already formulating your response in your mind, which means that you are going to miss something that they're saying, or you're not going to fully understand what their meaning is because you're too focused on what is important to you. And that's you getting your point across. So it's important that if you want to help someone with what they're going through, just listen actively, listen, understand, don't interrupt them, um, really have really have focus in your, in your facial expressions of that you are understanding, you're vibing, and if you have questions, ask if you could ask a question to follow up because a lot of times this might be the first time someone's actually opened up to someone. And so I don't think that you want to contribute on purpose to someone being afraid to do it again in the future because they had a bad experience. You also can't control that, so that's fine. But by trying to really be a good listener and show that you actually are invested in what they're saying and that you're hearing them, um, and also like if they take a pause and you'll just repeat back what they said so you can demonstrate that you've actually been actively listening, that can be really helpful. Really just having someone to listen to what's the crap that's happening in your life can be one of the best things ever. And then in addition to that, I did say give accepted hugs. So <laughs> people that meet me are like, you're so nice and kind and sweet, which I, I appreciate. Thank you. Thank you. But also people like to give me hugs just out of nowhere. And it's funny because I, I think that someone noticed that I was kind of awkward when someone would hug me and I had to like, you know, hug them back. And I'm not a hugger. I'm not really a hugger. It was definitely something that I did do growing up. So it wasn't those kind of things, but hugs feel very vulnerable to me and they feel really close and they feel like something that is too real to just be given around nilly willy. So I don't necessarily give a lot of hugs. Um, people that do want to hug me, we've had conversations. If you really need to hug me, okay, but don't expect me to just go around hugging people. Um, but anyway, back to the point, give accepted hugs. So I believe that it's more appropriate to ask someone, hey, can I give you a hug? Unless you know them very well and you already know that you guys have those boundaries with each other. But if you don't, or if it just hasn't really happened, I would say that you should ask someone if you can give them a hug. Because even if you've hugged in the past, maybe they're not ready to hug right now. So I think you should be like, hey, can I give you a hug? And if they say yes, then do it. If no, then don't. Don't do it. Just don't. Okay? Uh, the second one is to learn more about what they're going through. So so if you know what they're going through already, then it could be helpful to research it. So maybe you think you know what anxiety is and they're telling you they're really, really dealing with anxieties, anxiety and panic attacks. Maybe you think you know what those are because you maybe read it in a book once or saw it on a TV show or someone on Instagram said that they're suffering from it. But to really understand what they're going through, you might take some time to actually do some real research from medical professionals 
online and find out more things about it so that the next time you chat with them, maybe you can share with them what you've researched and find out if that is similar to what they're going through or anything they're familiar with. And it shows that you care because you actually took the time to do the research. And it's not as though you're spouting off education to them or, or research. You're just, you're like, hey, I did some research. I looked into this. Do you think that you align with this and this and this? Or how does this appeal to you or whatever? You know, you're just showing that you care and you're spending the time to actually dive even deeper because you want to help them. Okay. So the third one is to celebrate their small wins. This is so big. So let's say you are supporting someone that is uh, dealing with self-harm, okay? And you find out that they tell you, hey, you know, I haven't cut myself or hurt myself or whatever in a week. And, you know, to someone that may not understand the struggle that they're going through, maybe you don't completely understand it, totally fine. Um, They would probably be like, yeah, it's only a week. But by celebrating those small wins of like, oh my gosh, that's so great. You made it a week. You were so strong. You're pushing through. This should, this is really going to demonstrate that you can continue without this behavior and that we can, uh, you can figure out better ways to cope. And this is so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Like, it's really easy to celebrate small wins. You don't need to just be like, well, it's only been a week or you have to give it at least a month to see if it, no, you gotta, you can even celebrate every single freaking day, Right. You're like, oh my gosh, good job. You were able to, and not pay, not in a patronizing way, obviously, but you're like, hey, I'm so proud of you. You got through another day. You're so strong. Look at how strong you are. Look how much better you're getting. Look how you're doing without, you know, this thing or that thing or whatever it is. And it really instills confidence in that other person of like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I am strong. I'm capable. I'm able to do this. I've been able to push through. Why can't I push through another day, another week, another month? right? So just celebrate the small wins because those are things that are really going to help continue to drive that journey of recovery for them in whatever they are going through. Okay. So the fourth one is to avoid comparisons. If you are chatting with someone and they are telling you what they're going through, don't jump to compare and be like, oh yeah, I've been through that. Or, oh yeah, I know someone else that's been through that. Or, well, it doesn't sound as bad as this time that I went through this, that, and the other. That is not going to help them. So unless they explicitly ask you, hey, have you ever gone through this? Then you can be like, yes, I have. Can I share with you my experience? So even though they first asked you, have you ever gone through this? It's still not necessarily an invitation for you to be like, yes, I'm going to tell you my whole story right now because maybe they don't want to hear it. Maybe they simply want to know, hey, someone else that I personally know is going through this same thing. Again, communication is such an important skill and tool that we all need to learn how to use better because a lot of times we just like to run away with the situation and it does not benefit both parties at all. And I know that not everything in life is fair, but if we could make things better by communicating better, I feel like the world would be at a little bit more peace. That's what I believe. But again, avoid comparisons If they ask you if you've been through the same thing, tell them yes or no, and then ask if you can offer your experience or a story to share with them, and then go from there. But don't just jump into comparisons because it's not going to be helpful, and it's not not also, um, it's not a game, and it's not, um, it's not, what am I trying to say, guys? It's not a game. It's not a competition. (laughs) Wow. It's not a competition. Okay. It's about them and what they're going through. 
Okay, so the fifth one is to respect their limits and boundaries. So if you are like, hey, I'm here to just listen if you want to chat with me about what you're going through. And if they're like, no, I don't feel like it. Maybe you're like, offer one more time. You're like, okay, well, just so you know, I will be here from this time to this time or whatever. And I'm totally available. And they're like, no, I'm good. Then just leave it at that. You don't need to continue to press in on them. You do not need to continue to force them to chat with you. That is not what it's about. You need to allow them to warm up to you, warm up to the even the idea of helping or getting help from someone else because maybe that's new for them. Or maybe, again, they have trust issues. They've been burned in the, burned in the past. You need to allow them to have the limits and boundaries that they currently have. You need to allow them to let those things grow and transform on their own, but you can still offer to be there and help them as much as they're allowing you to. But by continually being there for them, and I know it can become exhausting. Believe me, I know it can. And we all hit our own limits, but this is also why it's very important for us to spend time working on our own mental health so we can help other people. Put your oxygen mask on first. I love saying that because it really like reminds me of when I used to be a flight attendant. I used to be a flight attendant before um, my daughter was born. And, um, it was so, it was so fun. And I never went back because, you know, I have a kiddo and I really wanted to like be around all the time. And I know of people in our family that have actually, um, done that job and was still trying to raise kids and it can be really hectic. And so my husband and I just decided, no, I won't go back to that job, but it was a fun job. So I really like every time I think about saying that, or I say that, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of that really fun job. Okay. Super random, but yes, respect their limits and their boundaries, allow them to come around to what they want to change and grow into and just be there. Number six is to keep communication open. So this is kind of related to what I was talking about. Continually being there for them, offering your help, you know, um, still trying to connect with them, even if they start to pull away, because some people will pull away because they don't want to burden you. Okay. That's honest truth. They don't want to burden you. They don't want to like stick out like a sore thumb that they have a problem. You know, they don't want it to be highlighted or any focus to be on them because they're embarrassed. They're shame. They're shameful. They, they do not feel like they deserve any attention because of what they're going through, which is the exact opposite, but they haven't gotten there yet. So by continuing to be there, offering help genuinely, loving on them, keeping the communication open, sending them texts, calling them if that's like your vibe, um, and I say that because a lot of people that I know don't really call each other. I'm not a call person. That's just not my vibe. But call them, send them notes, you know, check in with them in any way that you can. And just keep those communication open because I know that we can all get busy and it can get away from us. But if we try to remember to check in just at least a little bit and really let them know that you, that you are still there for them, um, even if they haven't accepted your help and it's been a long time, you are still there and you are someone that they can count on to be there when they are ready. Maybe. I know this doesn't always work out that way, but if it does, it's beautiful. Okay. So the last one, the seventh one, my seventh suggestion for best ways to help others with their mental health is to offer to help with different tasks, but not force. I wanted to mention this one because it's a very common suggestion for how to help people whether it's with mental health or any other, you know, tough things they're going through. There's different schools of thought of like, you know, offering to help people with something or just doing it. So a great example that I see all the time is offering. Like if someone is grieving 
or mourning or having, or, you know, having a difficult mental health time, they're like, okay, well, instead of just offering to come make dinner, you will just say, Hey, I'm going to come over and make dinner, or I'm going to bring dinner at this time. And I feel like it can go either way, you know, forcing yourself on someone that may just really not be in the mindset to have you over can be very intrusive and not helpful and make things worse. But also just, you know, kind of taking the initiative to make that decision so it's one less decision that they have to make can be very helpful. So honestly, I really think that this really falls in their bucket of like, do you, how well do you know them? Do you know them well enough to just like take the reins and be like, this is what I'm going to do because I know it's best for you. But if you don't, you can try to offer and maybe like, find that balance of doing it like halfway. So for me with the example of like, Hey, I'm going to bring you dinner or Hey, can I bring you dinner? I feel like if you were like, Hey, can I bring you dinner? I'd really love to help you out. And they're like, no, no, no. And you're like, are you sure? And you're like, yeah. And then I feel like meeting halfway would be to, if you know where they live or you have a way to send them money is to maybe drop them a gift card or give some money and be like, Hey, I just really wanted you to not have to cook and have to deal with that today. So I left you a gift card or I'm going to send you some money. Please order something for dinner so that you can just be comforted by that. That would be awesome. So that way you're offering to help with this task of dinner, but you're not forcing it. You're just be like, Hey, I want to give you this gift and I hope it really blesses you. Now, again, that could be taken negatively, but you're not going to know that, right? That that person is choosing to take it negatively because of their own their own personal dis- issues that they have to deal with. That's just what's going to happen. Uh, but, it, but, it, but it might not happen, and I do feel like that's a happy medium. So let's say you are going to offer to come over and help clean up their house because they just they can't they just can't do it. So as opposed to being like, hey, can I come over and help you clean? Or hey, I'm going to help you come over and clean. What I would do. And it's funny because there's years ago where someone came up with this this example of helping someone and I like trashed it then, but now I'm like, oh, that's actually helpful, um, is maybe see if you can just come over and not say you're going to help, but like come over and spend time with them and then um, maybe like go and tidy up a room if you can. Like if they're going to go do something in the house or they're going to be away and we just kind of tidy up for them. Or maybe when you get there and you spend time with them and you're like, hey, do you think that it would be helpful if I could just like spend some time helping to tidy up your house? Finding a like a non-condescending, really nice, not judgmental way of saying that. Well, it might be difficult, but please try. Um, but you just be like, hey, I just want to like help you. Is there anything I can help you with right now? Whether it's tidying it up or cooking dinner or doing this, that, or the other. And then I feel like it's more likely that they might allow you to help because you're already there, right? They don't think you're going out of your way to help them. Uh, they think that, okay, well, you know, you're already here and, or you can offer to do it together. Like, hey, if you don't want me to do it, cause that's too intrusive. Awesome. Can we do it together? Can I just assist you? Why don't you let me know what I need to do? That could also be helpful too. So I think that offering to help with different tasks is super helpful, but you can't force them. I don't think it's proper to force them um, unless you really know them well enough that you know that won't be taken negatively. Okay, you guys, well, that's all seven tips that I have for the best ways to help others with their mental health. And I hope that that was super, super helpful. Um, 
But yeah, thank you so much for listening to the Real Positive Girl podcast again with me, Sabrina. Please check the show notes below to find me on Instagram, to find me on Clubhouse, to send me an email, to say hi. I would really love to hear from you, especially on Instagram, which is at Sabrina Joy Perozo. But until next time, have a good one and I will see you next time. Bye guys.